Issues like algorithmic bias run rampant in the current computer science and data technology field, in which people of color, most especially Black, Indigenous, and Latinx people, are not reaping the benefits of technology and are instead continuing to face non-inclusive and oppressive systems. The people who create and own code are those who can dictate how it impacts the people using it. Dr. Sharon Tetaga, a professor in UC Santa Barbara's Department of Black Studies and the director of the campus's Center for Black Studies Research, is at the forefront of three different national initiatives, the Aspire Alliance, the Neurocomputational Center, and the Award for Inclusion Research to bring about greater intersectional diversity and inclusion in students and faculty of the STEM field of studies. So the iChange Network is a, a part of the Aspire Alliance. There are 19 universities that are part of this cohort. And the goal of this is to change the culture and climate in terms of, I would say, inclusion, diversity, equity, inclusion. Everybody uses that word these days. But for me, I see it more as intersectional as well as environmental justice, because we need to have more faculty of color and women on the STEM side of campus. The whole focus is STEM. So we're doing this whole climate study just to say, what does the climate look like, right? And, and who can we bring to it as well? Who, uh, it's a lot of partners across campus, is people that are staff, faculty, uh, other administrators that are involved with this, this change. It's a part of an iChange network. And you have to be willing to commit to changing the culture in terms of hiring faculty from diverse backgrounds in STEM. I would say we need to have it all over campus, to be honest with you. But the iChange Network really focuses on STEM. It's a NSF, National Science Foundation funded grant and is working with the Association of Public Land Grant Universities. Um, there is, uh, this is the third cohort. And I'm just excited that we actually won one of the competitions to be accepted in the cohort to improve the hiring and retention of, of faculty uh, in underrepresented groups. Why, why do you think that there's little diversity in the STEM field or, you know, the landscape looks the way it is? You know, it, it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of reasons. It's complicated, right? It's a pipeline issue, clearly. But I think we have to stop using that as an excuse because we have to prepare people at the K-12 level, but that still shouldn't stop us from preparing people when they come into the institution. And, but we do have to create a pipeline issue because we know there's some retention and attrition, I mean, attrition, excuse me, attrition that occurs when anyone comes into any academic ladder rank or instructional position. But you can't have it if you don't have people there and you have to pe have people there involved and you get all kinds of messages, even in K-12. I know even as a, a young student myself, there is always these messages that you can't go in STEM you know, basically, even if it's not said, you're not good enough, right? You don't think the way that we think. So you get these kind of messages. And then there is this assumption that when you come into these spaces that you should ascribe to what I consider to be a very white male Euro dominated epistemology, okay? And, and, and we don't all ascribe to that, but we're forced to ascribe to it. And it goes against the nature of maybe how we see science or how we experience science. And I think we need to have more people that have a diverse experience and diverse epistemology 
about science. And it's not focused on a very positive is very Eurocentric way of doing things. We really need to change the institutions in terms of accepting these diversity epistemologies from women and from people of color. I mean, all people of color, Native American, as well as African-American, uh, Latinx, everybody that comes into these spaces and appeasing groups, everybody that has a different way of seeing things and a different experience, they need to be, their voice needs to be at the table so we can have more innovation and innovation that addresses some of the issues that face many communities that are not included. That's what we see with some of the problems around coding bias, algorithmic bias, you know, all of these things because we don't have people at the table and we're discovering these things as they go. And when you think about, you know, these algorithmic biases and these biases on how data is used against many communities, then it's real clear that we need to be there. One of Dr. Tetaka's projects is the Neurocomputational Center, which is aimed at bringing in more Black students into the field of neurocomputation. We have a group, is mm -hmm. the compute, well, neurocomputation. So basically, we're working with underrepresented groups uh, to bring them in and expose them to data science. And my position is data is everywhere. Why are we talking about the fact that data is everywhere? There is no one specific type of data. You have text, you have numbers, you have even uh, music. I mean, there's data, data is all around us. Uh, you know, people think about data and big data just only when it comes to uh, social media and stuff like that. But, you know, you got climate uh, patterns and data coming in from, they're, they're constantly pulling down, right? It's, it's, it's everywhere. And we have to look at that. And those things affect us. They affect our environments. We need to understand these different types of things. When you're talking about environmental justice, when you're talking about how our brains work. So that's what the uh, neurocomputation group is doing. We have guys that are all over the world. We have about eight of them right now that we've actually invited to work with students at the Center for Black Studies. Um, and Ken Kosick, he and I have been talking about collaborating for a while. He went to the Hearst Foundation and provided over $100,000 for us to do this work and work with these guys and bring students in. And that's one leg of it. The other leg is I'm doing a, what they call a SEEDS program, which is Students Engagement and Enrichment in Data Science. And we're actually, I have uh, an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding with Housing. I'm working also with admissions to actually integrate students in STEM, social sciences and humanities to get them involved in this whole data, this whole notion of this data science work. And we're working with the library as well. The co-lab at the library, John Jablanski. Uh, I spoke with the, the, uh, Kristen Antman, who's the head of the library. She introduced me to John Jablanski. They're gonna custom our, our, our workshops as well as Python workshop, BASH workshop, to work with these students with underrepresented groups through the Center for Black Studies so we can just expose people to it. Dr. Kenneth Kosick, a neuroscience professor working in collaboration with the Neurocomputational Center, expressed a need to address the lack of access to the STEM field for Black and Latinx students. So I know you're a part of a new program at UCSB that is aimed for bringing more diversity to STEM fields. Can you tell us more about that and how exactly you're involved in this? Well, I believe what you're referring to is a program that I've been working on with Sharon Tetega. Um, is that right? The, yes. Um, right. So um, 
is a program I've been working with Sharon Tetagon um, at the Center for Black Studies. And um, we have, um, or at least I have been uh, very uh, influenced by recent events, um, certainly beginning with George Floyd, but um, you don't have to dig very deep to know that um, the history of that kind of uh, racism has, it runs very deep and has been present for a long, long time. Um, and I think what uh, is good right now is, is that there seems to be, at least for the time being, uh, a somewhat broader recognition of the problem. And given, given that, uh, we wanted to try to do a little something. Um, you know, the problem is enormous and our contribution uh, will probably be small, but um, not zero. And what, it, uh, what we're trying to do is um, do address a problem that I've noticed for some time, which is, is that many, that, that there's a big barrier to get into some of the fields that I personally am very interested in. This, these are fields related to uh, neuroscience and uh, which is what my research area is. And because neuroscience itself uh, is increasingly turning to computation, statistics, mathematics, uh, there needs to be a greater uh, knowledge and sophistication of those fields so people can build careers. And I believe that black students are particularly excluded from that. I think that, um, well, some of that work uh, can be intimidating for many people. Um, it's particularly difficult for black students on the campus because if um, you're in a minority and uh, there's something that's presented to somebody that they don't understand, it can be um, really hard to ask a question. And nobody really understands a lot of the more sophisticated aspects of neuroscience and computation right off the bat. Everybody has questions, but if you cannot necessarily turn to a peer group and you're timid to ask questions because you might be the, the only one like you in the class, um, then the obstacles become greater and greater and they mount, they get worse as time goes by. So we wanna do something about that. And we've developed a neurocomputational program within the Black Studies Center where we have um, identified a group of uh, guides who will take, uh, that are some of them PhDs, uh, some of them fellows in neuroscience, in the realm of neuroscience. And they will take um, some of our undergrads some uh, black students who will take them under their wing and help them to um, just get, get more comfortable with the field. And that I think is going to make a difference so that when it comes time to take a class, join a lab, think about a project, do a senior thesis, there's a certain comfort level with all of the complexities involved in um, analyzing data and you know, looking at a bunch of numbers, uh, thinking statistically, and doing all the kinds of um, uh, work that 
comes as um, a given when you begin a, uh, a research program. So we have a little bit of grant funding to do this, and I'm very enthusiastic about working with Sharon Tetica to make this happen. We're still somewhat in the planning stages, but it's uh, very close to being launched. My talk with Dr. Tetega ended with a discussion of the vast amount of jobs in the computing science field that could be filled by people of color. Why is diversity and access for Black and Latinx students necessary in the STEM field now more than ever? Well, all you have to do is look around you, hmm. right? Who's suffering the most in terms of technology? Who doesn't have the resources? I mean, we even saw what happened with COVID. Right when COVID happened, a lot of people, you know, could they assume that everybody got Wi-Fi and that everybody have these resources that they can get online? Well, no. Some people not even comfortable at home, and we need technology to for the people to understand technology and understand how it impacts our communities. That's why it's important, and our communities need to be involved with it so they can let people know that look, these are resources that either I have or I don't have, or other resources that I need. And then customize, we are able to customize the resources that we need in our communities. That to me is what's really important. And you can use any example of why it's so important now. We're being tracked more than anybody else in terms of, of, of the biases. We are being watched and, and we're being minimized and we're the ones that's doing the service jobs and we're out on the front line and doing a lot of labor. And guess what? I think this past year, there were 200,000 jobs in data science that didn't get filled. You know, but yet still, many of our people are out on the front line working out there and not having the resources that they need and not having access to the technology in which the way they need it. So here's an opportunity to, to be here and to do these things if you want. Dr. Kosick also had more information on how students can get involved with the work at the Neurocomputational Center. What would you say to a young person right now uh, listening who is interested in learning about this? Uh, I would call up um, the, uh, I would send an email or make a call to the, uh, the Black Studies Center. Um, there's, um, we, we have a, a former UCSB student named Angela who's working over there and um, she would be able to provide the information that um, a student would need to, to, to get entree into this program. Thank you to Dr. Sharon Tetega for speaking with me and to Dr. Kenneth Kosick for speaking with KCSB's Miley Sumogi. More information on Dr. Tetega's and Dr. Kosick's work can be found at the Center for Black Studies Research website, cbsr.ucsb.edu. With KCSB News, I'm Aubrey Valerio.